Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Svelte Radio. Um, today we have another guest, um, Amelia Wattenberger. Is, is that how you say it? Yeah? That's good. All right, perfect. Would you, would you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Amelia. Um, man, I haven't introduced myself in my current job yet. I am, I guess my job title is journalist engineer. Um, I work at a site called The Pudding and we do like data-driven um, interactive visual stories. Cool, cool. So uh, as always, I'm, I'm Kevin and I run Svelte School, uh, a site about learning about Svelte, I guess. That's easy enough. Um, Anthony? Uh, so my name is Anthony. Uh, I'm a Svelte maintainer. I'm also the uh, CTO of a company called Bionk, which is a platform for uh, travel providers to take bookings, payments, uh, manage their inventory, all that sort of good stuff. Great. All right. So let's let's start off with uh, your job title. What's a journalist engineer? That's a great question. <laughs> Yeah, it's new to me. I started this job about five months ago. Um, I was previously working as like a full, you know, typical front end developer. Um, so this is definitely a shift into something a little bit more creative. Um, so the pudding is about eight people right now. So it's pretty small and everyone at the company hat spans like the entire stack. Like we all do the journalism bits, the design bits, the development bits. Um, it's pretty amazing to be in a team with such talented coworkers. Um, so I guess all of us, what we do is we will take an idea from conception, figure out a good data source, um, do the data analysis, um, create a, like a mini site, to kind of highlight that data while writing an article about it that brings readers through the data um, and then through publishing. And I am actually the first hired to only work on the client side. So I'll do this with, um, you know, big brands like Google um, or research, uh, research in institutions um, where if they want to highlight their research in kind of like a more human friendly way than we'll go and we'll, we'll help them make uh, like a, like a very interesting site about it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So just out of interest then, so are you aware of Rich Harris and I assume you must be right in the industry and mm -hmm. how do you, how do you closely do you think your job aligns with kind of what he does as well? Because he also has that title of like journalistic engineer or, or, or... yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, he, so he's working at the New York times. So I, because um, their publication, The Upshot, is so like widely known, it's often what I'll compare my job to. I'll say, oh, oh. create articles like The Upshot. Um, I think one difference is they're very much on the news cycle, whereas the things I'll work on, um, like it's not breaking news, it's not anything time sensitive, it's just, um, it's a little bit more slower paced and like, we really get to publish kind of like more evergreen content. So it'll still be relevant, you know, a few months from now. Um, other than that, that's a great question. I'd love to 
ask him myself. <laughs> I don't oh. know how his day-to-day -day differs. So what, what kind of tools do you use at, at the, was it the pudding, the pudding. or just pudding? The, the, the pudding. pudding. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> A specific pudding. <laughs> um, yeah, great question. So it really depends who's making the article. Um, I think there's a lot of latitude just to kind of build however you want to build, which was awesome for me coming in. Um, I had primarily been building in React before I joined and um, kind of had my eye on Svelte. I was like, hey, I kind of want to test this out. Um, and it's really kind of perfect for what we do. I think like one, it's really easy to understand if you just know HTML, CSS, JavaScript, whereas React or Vue or Angular, um, you kind of have to learn the framework um, before, you know, jumping in. Whereas I feel like someone who's less comfortable with frameworks could jump right into a Svelte project because it's familiar, right? It's, um, it's pretty much just HTML. So, so you've been so you've been working in React mostly before, before before this, right? So, yeah. so what are like some of the pain points with with using React when it comes to like visualize like your mm. kind of work? Right. Yeah. Um, the biggest ones have to do with there's a lot of things that are kind of built into Svelte that you have to build yourself with React. Um, like I just ported. One of my contract projects from Svelte over to React last night, and there's things like, um, like the bind client with, like you can, there's like you type two words or four words, and you have a variable that updates whenever an element size updates, and like it, to do that in React. Um, you can have a hook, but you're still going to have to like make a ref and then hook it up to the element and then like have some kind of um, resize observer or like window resize event. Um, it's just like a lot more overhead there that Svelte kind of just handles for you. So that is like amazing to just have built in because yeah. that's like basically any chart I make, you're going to need to do that um, because SVG doesn't resize. Do you, do you think that maybe a lot of these features that, that React is kind of missing uh, stems from the fact that Svelte was built for a specific purpose, which was like, um, well, exactly what you do, basically. I understand. Yeah. yeah. And do you think yeah. a lot of that comes from, from that and it just happens to be really useful for like main web apps anyway? I do wonder that. I, and like, that's a big reason why I was so interested because I was like, well, it's got to be, you know, great for this kind of work. <laughs> like, this is what he's doing. And then he built yeah. it. Um, for this purpose. Um, although a lot of really great frameworks come out of newsrooms, like um, like Django, I think, was originally for some Kansas um, newsroom. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I wonder, and I, go ahead. Yeah, I, w I wonder if it has to do with like the news cycle and it being mm -hmm. so so short, right? They have, to, they have to produce a lot in a short time. Yeah, very quickly. And I also think um, like having worked on a product before, there's something really nice about having like a very a much smaller scope for the projects that you're working on. You really have to know your build tools. You really have to like understand what's going on. And it's a lot easier to understand when you're building things that are a little smaller. Whereas like if you work on this big product, 
there's so much other things like like you know you have to understand um like like state global state isn't as big of a thing when you're building these smaller sites and stuff like that so i think like you really understand the stack and you really have to know it and you really have to be able to like wield it create new sites all the time um, that gives you a really good understanding it's so, largely very similar yeah as, so, as, so, in the, as in the the languages are similar or or like the products end up similar what so what do you mean by similar is that sort of interesting yeah so i'll i'll scope like components the same like if i have uh you know an app.svelte i'll create an app.jsx uh to port it over to react um and then like the biggest changes right you'll change like on mount from svelte to use effect in in react and then you know you're importing your imports are all the same um the biggest change i guess is like the rendering language like react is using jsx so you're um Something I actually really like about it is that it's all JavaScript. So as much as you know JavaScript, you know how to write JSX, like instead of like a specific each, um, yeah. like this felt template language, yeah. hashtag each, you're gonna do like this object dot map and then just map over an object, um, which is both really nice because then like, it's kind of obvious how to use that and how to change it. But it's also kind of annoying <laughs> because it's it, it's a little like people always complain about like the way you do like a boolean render in react like the conditional yeah. rendering like you'll do the like boolean statement and then ampersand ampersand and then that's like an if statement yeah. but it's not really obvious um, it's kind of that's the kind of thing that I mean, I, I, I don't mind React as a, as a concept. I think it's pretty good. I haven't used it really since Hooks, but I know that Hooks are what Svelte's kind of based on. It's it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. The thing that actually got me was the JSX thing because I've always been pushing and always learned through my career that the more that you can make uh, logicless templates, the the better and easier something fits together. And React's just kind of I mean React's gone against a lot of things, right? And, and for a lot of reasons, that it's, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, those those logicless templates in React, all it's the logic and the templates all bundled together. How do you get around? How do you keep your code readable when everything's kind of rendered by JavaScript? Because it, it seems to me sometimes people just go right overboard with it, and like you said, using ampersand ampersand. And mm -hmm. yeah, it can be frustrating. There's some nice things about having JSX as kind of like a a first what do you call it? first class language, like when sure. you're writing, like like. I'll often make like an icon component and in React you can kind of just throw around these like JSX strings whereas in Svelte if you want to use the templating language um, it has to be a Svelte component. I'm not explaining that well. Like in, yeah. in React like I can have an array of JSX um, like JSX elements but in Svelte you can't really do that. Like you have to like parse a string or you know. Yeah, you'd have to build an array and then like iterate it with an each or something like that. It would, yeah, yeah, it's more, it's more like again separated, I guess. Yeah, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, so what what encouraged you to to try Svelte? Um, I forget the first side project I tried with it. Um, I don't know. It was getting a lot of hype. I think I also watched one of the seminal rich harris talks and i love how opinionated he is 
yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think it's great like for someone to have such strong opinions and then to like act on them um, and try to bring them to life. So I thought that was great. I was a little like scooped out at first by the the like you have this like two way reactive binding, whereas um, being in React land, it, it's very simple and very comfortable to have the like one way data flow. So like to be able to update a variable by just like having um, like an, a new assignment um, made me very uncomfortable at first. <laughs> yeah. it, so other than that, it was like a great onboarding process. Yeah. That's one part. That's one part of React. I never really understood why um, it's, why it's a two way binding was that bad. Because I, I think I think that's partially because I don't know what came before when okay. apparently I, you know I, I guess it came from Angular where people were kind of burned by the magicness of two-way binding all over the the app. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah. like Svelte doesn't do that. Svelte does local two-way binding just within the component. You can't do two-way binding anywhere else, right? I, I I don't know. That's kind of how I think about it. Although you can bind, like so when I was porting this project over to React, I had this one like subcomponent that you have like bind prop yep. and then you can kind of like keep those updated whereas in react you need a callback um, that'll update it that way but having worked on large angular was it angular one or angular two projects in the past like it is it gets very scary <laughs> because things yeah. will be changing you don't know where they're changing you can, you have no way to like query like why why is this value the way it is um it gets I think it gets scary yeah i think i think that's why rich is very in favor of um a model of like a sing a sing a unidirectional flow of data right so that so that you you can technically bind and bind and bind and bind up a big chain of components but if you do that you're doing it intentionally for some bizarre reason and i think the general concept is use stores or just use binding between two components and i think that that goes along with his reasoning of how he how he thinks data should flow, which 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 makes perfect sense to me, and it's the thing that Angular didn't really didn't enforce in any meaningful way, and that's why people got really burned by Angular's crazy observers all over the place and stuff. So, so yeah, I think that's absolutely absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. There's always this trade-off with um with frameworks with like how much magic is there, and I feel like Angular is on the extreme end of like you can write two lines of code and have like a to-do list. <laughs> And like, it's really great when you're first starting out and you're like, wow, I'm so powerful. But then yeah. it, it, it can get like, it's, you can't exactly follow the logic everywhere. And there's always like gotchas, you have to understand the framework. And then like, I feel like Svelte and React are on this other end where like, it's a pretty minimal framework. Like to understand the API, you know, it's maybe an hour of your time if you're familiar with frameworks. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, th this actually kind of segues into another question I've got, and then I'll, I'll stop asking questions for a minute, give someone else a go. But um, the question is, literally, you also know C++, right? <laughs> I have I have tried to use C++. <laughs> I definitely like wouldn't say I know it. <laughs> you built something in C++, and that, I'm just impressed by that overall, to be honest. It was definitely a glimpse into this other world of, like, memory management and... Yeah. It was a pretty fun project. Um, at my first job, we had just like this very fun exploratory arm where they're like, just do whatever you want. So 
we had a big um, South by Southwest party coming. We were in Austin with like, I forget, it was like local natives or Spoon was going to play. It was like, cool. we were like a 40 person company. Like this is very exciting. So I was like, all right, well, we need a photo booth. So I set up a webcam and then it did some face tracking and I found your face and our mascot was a uh, luchador, the Mexican wrestlers. So it put like a Mexican wrestler mask on your face and it was great. But also I didn't know C++ sure. <laughs> and like so that was the way to do it. <laughs> pick a nice simple project like face tracking then, sure. <laughs> <laughs> be. I mean, I did C++ because there is a of like wonderful face tracking library like i did not build this from scratch but it was just like um frantic googling <laughs> i mean c plus is i i did it in university and i never ever really understood it at all anything like even integrating a second library with it so it's good yeah yeah it definitely gives you respect for like these people who work on work in these other programming languages or even like with hardware like there's all these rabbit holes that yeah. I don't know anything about and I'm not sure I want to know anything about like I'm happy <laughs> in our little web playground yeah <laughs> I'm for <laughs> I'm definitely 4GL and above like keep me keep me up there I'm not getting too low level it's just <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> my dad scary. writes assembly code my dad writes literally assembly code and I'm like I He's like, yeah. I can't understand your language because it's all words. Why would you want that? And I'm like, what on earth is mob <laughs> push? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both my parents are programmers of like the, you know, like old days programmers, mm. and like they're just different kinds of people. Like my dad said recently, he taught himself Fortran from a book. He didn't have a computer. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> We've de-skilled a bit, haven't we? We've de-skilled a bit. We have all the stuff evolved, given to us. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Comes with productivity though, right? The, the higher level programming languages. Yeah, right. very yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> so Svelte recipes, what's, what's that? Oh yeah. So at the pudding, um, I found myself repeating code, um, like especially, hey, I want to make a new chart. <laughs> um, and then there's all this like boilerplate, like uh, binding the width to a container div and, you know, maybe having a spring or a tweened uh, array that kind of interpolates the values for you so you can animate it. Um, and so I think the first Okay, so Svelte Recipes is just a, a site of recipes that I use a lot. Um, and it's, it's really important for me at work because I'm often starting new projects. Um, this is something that definitely wasn't a thing at my old job, but um, like every week or so I'll start a new project and then I'll be starting from scratch. Um, so it's really nice to have things like, like there's like an icon component in there where, um, you know, it has some directionality, like you can north, southeast, west, um, rotate the icons, which is really handy for things like arrows. Um, and then I want to add a lot of things like toggles, like, you know, I don't want to build a new toggle every time yeah. I start a website. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so that, that means you're going to add more stuff to it? I'm planning on it. Um, That's great. I'm definitely not a disciplined side project creator <laughs> who, who is though <laughs> <laughs> i 
I guess that's true. Yeah. So whenever, whenever um, the inspiration strikes me, um, I want it to be like pretty fully built out and I'm happy for other people to, um, to help out as well. Do you have a, do you have a, like a GitHub repo or? Yeah. Yeah. There's a GitHub repo that it's, um, I'm pretty bad at documentation. So, um, there's definitely no process for contributing or I probably have like just the basics felt read me. <laughs> well, there isn't really much, there's not much for contributing process felt to be honest, you know, we're working on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, well, so one observation and then, and then one question. Um, so like one observation is, uh, I, I think actually the kind of jobs that we have really determine the output that we have, like, you don't, it's not until you work on, like if you work on a single product, then you don't really care about extracting for reusability because it's already in your code. <laughs> but then if you like yeah. start a lot of new small things, like, like at a, at a news site, for example, like, like what you're doing, uh, for mm -hmm. me, you know, I do a lot of demos, so I have to start from scratch every time and then mm. hopefully, hopefully, um, speed up. So, um, you know, different kinds of jobs, like lead you towards different kinds of inspirations. And I feel like, you know, Rich's job let him to create salt and it's, it's very much like i need these things right now and um yeah. and like yeah i'll take the hit of you know put, setting up this infrastructure so that i'll be more productive in the future i feel like that's what you're doing here with this mm. uh, with this thing i don't know it's it's cool <laughs> open source utils.js everyone should everyone should do that i kind of feel, i kind of feel like a lot of these a lot of these are actually hidden in the uh, salt repl like you know when we save um yes. it's just in there and we just yeah. need like, a, way, a way to give permission to share it, you know. Yeah. Um, have Have you used the the REPL? I did once. I had trouble making a JavaScript file, and then that wasn't a Svelte file, and then I I gave up. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that should. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that that there there are a lot of people that stumble on that. I think. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. I don't, we should do, I don't know. Or, like we should have the default template, just have a .js file and then import it just to show how it works. Yeah. But, it's, people have suggested this, but the problem is that the more you have, the, the more there is to delete. And it's like people go in there, they just want a fresh blank template and then create, yeah. you know, I think it's just like a UI thing. Maybe um, people find out in JS files hard. So if there was like a readme that just tells you how they're <laughs> That, yeah, that, that is a good point. There isn't a, a readme for the REPL. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, that was that was the PR that we got. It was like a huge readme with some example components and all sorts of stuff. Oh, but, but it's like you got to delete that when you start. And I, I just go in there and start typing straight away. It's fine for the first ever visit. Maybe it should be like a browser local storage thing or something. I don't know. Just like a page that's linked to yeah. would be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I don't know if you've seen the TypeScript playground, which is also a REPL. Um, and the types of playground, yeah. they just offer like a drop down of a bunch of examples that you can check out, right? That's good. So yeah. Load some pre-made stuff uh, with some comments and explain what's going on. That's, That's probably a good idea. Yeah, thing, it'd be great. Other than that, it's like a, it's a great playground and I like to see like what it compiles to. Um, yeah. Um, and then I guess, I guess, you know, for me playing around with this, I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm having so much fun with the scatter plot stuff, basically. Like, mm -hmm. It's so performant. Um, it is. I guess I guess that's D three doing it. Is let's see. Um, so <laughs> what is so, it like? Yeah. Well, you, you click on it and then it just like uh, moves circles so, around. So like, that's mm -hmm. only using um, 
the built-in spring, um, like the physics engine. Um, ah. So you can see it's getting imported at the top and then you have this dots variable, which is, it uses spring, mm -hmm. um, which has like stif stiffness and damping, which um, I love it because a lot of like animation systems, you're, you have some kind of duration and like the easing curve, but with spring, it's a little bit um, more lifelike. Uh, is that your go-to then? Uh, you, you prefer that over easing curves? You know, I never use it, but <laughs> just because it's like not built into D3 and <clears throat> I guess I never think to, but I want it to be. <laughs> I should be using it more. I, I think it feels a little bit better. Um, and then, so it's only using D3 to make these scales, the X scale, Y scale, R scale, um, and color scale. And I also noticed you use the reactive labels to uh, to do the scales. Um, yeah. I guess that's that's like when you add any pieces of information, it just automatically recalculates. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the scales are using the data. I think it's a prop. Yeah. So when you use a scatterplot um, component, you just throw like an array of data in here, and then whenever data is updated, this. Um, the X scale, which is just mapping, like, here's a value. Where does that sit horizontally um, in the chart? Yeah. <clears throat> so it switches, like, a data value to an X position. Um, it'll just update that whenever data is updated or the width is updated. Um, so, so easy to do. Um, like, if you're doing this in React, you'll probably, like, I don't know, use Memo and then... Mm have that dependency and then like i don't know it's like a definitely a few more steps in react so <laughs> it's really nice <laughs> to just awesome. say like oh dollar sign colon update this whenever these things are changed i feel like so i've, I've you know I've, I've seen a bunch of like how to use react with d3 talks and uh yeah they, there's generally like a few different levels and approaches it's kind of like where do you want the framework to take over and where do you want D3 to take over? Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. felt like Svelte is fighting D3 a lot less. I, I don't know if you like that's a, like, um, yeah, I mean, basically like sometimes you want, um, uh, you know, sometimes you want React to be responsible for more stuff within within the uh, rendered uh, output. And then uh, sometimes you want Svelte, uh, sometimes you want D3 to be more responsible because D3 can mm -hmm. do the, the drawing as well. Uh, but I, feel, I guess here what you're doing is, and, and I see this a lot, especially with how Rich uses D3 as well. Like you're using the D3 utilities, but you're not mm -hmm. actually using D3 for rendering. Yeah, yeah. Is so that yeah, that's my big thing with um, using D3 with uh, JavaScript frameworks. So D3, um, if you aren't familiar, is like kind of the de facto library for creating data visualization on the web. Um, it's been around for, I don't know, since jQuery days. And it like it's basically just a collection of different repos, different modules, and some of I've kind of split them out functionally. Like some of them will help, like the scales will help uh, map like data values onto physical values, like horizontal position or color. Some of them will help with like um, creating maps, so like geographic uh, projections, and some of them are like this is kind of more the jQuery side, like they're there to update the DOM and manipulate it and kind of like 
change the structure of the web page. And those parts make me a little bit uncomfortable to use them with a JavaScript framework because the framework's there to like know the DOM structure, especially especially React, which you know has um, it's not a shadow DOM. I don't know. They have their virtual DOM and like th their diffing algorithm. Like they know they want to know what's there, so they know when to update it. And like you kind of fight against each other if like D three is changing that as well, um, and you're kind of just like removing any benefits you get from the framework. So I think I would stay away from using that with either React or Svelte because um, it just like gets complicated. It gets a little bit hacky to like use these two frameworks that don't know anything about each other to also update the same thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Svelte suffers less from that because um, it doesn't use a virtual DOM, for example. Or mm -hmm. I, don't, I actually don't know either yeah. which one it is. Um, but it, it doesn't use one of those, but obviously um, it can cause issues because felt it does keep a track of kind of what's what's there and stuff. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's um, I didn't really consider that actually. I just I just noticed reading the code now that it's separate from. Yeah, yeah. For, for those who might be interested, uh, Amelia has this amazing blog post called how to learn d3.js. Uh, nice. I don't know how I don't know how long you spent on this, Amelia, but it's amazing and I wish I had it when I learned d3. <laughs> It's completely ridiculous. The blog post I spend the most time on get the least attention. And then I like put together this one on like, what does percent mean in CSS? I spent like, you know, five hours on it. <laughs> like it's gotten like way more attention than this other one that I spent on like, what is D3? Which, you know, I spent days on that. You went through everything in D3. <laughs> and then like you can hover over it and you can see, uh, so like, you know, D3 has so many modules that it's hard to mm -hmm. hold in your head. And Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, this should be in the docs. Like it's, it's, it's um, it's it's it, that, it makes it that much easier to to uh, dig in and see what you find what you want. Um, but yeah, it, that's that's a little interesting. Like maybe also you're becoming more productive. So like the, you know, <laughs> that's definitely not the case. But thank you. <laughs> uh, so but also, I mean, you know, I think I think you also probably also spent like a few days on the on the React hooks one, and that was a, a mm -hmm. blockbuster. I think at least in my world. Um. <laughs> that was definitely less work. <laughs> the 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 blog posts that took the most work are the D three, what are the different modules, and then um, using React and D three, which like is still I'm still working on it, but like not actively. Like there's there's oh, just it's still so work in progress. Oh yes, yeah, under construction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So not disciplined. All right. So so. Now, now that you've used Svelte for a bit, um, what do you think are the the downsides, or where do you think Svelte could improve? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking about this whenever I use it. I'm like, where are the gotchas? Um, one thing I'm super curious about. So I, and it's going to be hard for me to articulate this. So when we talk about Svelte versus React, we often talk about um, each component gets turned into, you know, this bundle of JavaScript that doesn't then need a library, right? It'll, if you bind something to the client with, to the element with, then um, that'll kind of be thrown into the compiled code it's of the component itself. So you don't need to rely on a main library. In my head, my 
first reaction is there's got to be a downside to that. Like if, if an application gets large enough, are you repeating that code over and over? Like if you have a bunch of components that bind to the element with, do you, are you just repeating that? And then like at some point, maybe a Svelte application is larger compiled than a React application. And I haven't tested this out yet, but. There is actually like a really small runtime that comes with Svelte actually. Um, I'm not sure, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure exactly what's in it. Maybe Anthony knows, knows more there. <laughs> There's some bits of it, yeah. Um, so, well, so yes, originally Svelte did um, repeat itself a lot, right? So if you, the bigger the app got, the more repeated code you'd have. Mm -hmm. uh, the little mini runtime, um, it's a, basically a set of utility functions um, that ends up part of your bundle. It's not exactly a runtime, it's just more to reduce the repetition of code, but that's been done because of those, um, uh, the complaints mm -hmm. people saying that, you know, you building a non-trivial app ends up with a bigger bundle. I still don't, from what I remember and understand and what I've read, I don't think you'd end up with a bigger application um, in Svelte than, an, than another framework. And I think that's due to the fact that Svelte's quite terse. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, there's definitely like like that kind of little mini runtime, which does deduplicate some repetition, but it, it does exist. Yeah, of course, it's already been thought of. Um... Well, <laughs> like, you know, I think, I, think, I think it matters if the crossover, like there's a, there's a crossover point. Uh, like, I, I think, you know, what you're saying is right. And it's an intuition that a lot of people have. Um, I think Rich actually addressed it in mm. uh, the Svelte Society Day, like the, the conference that we had, um, he gave the, like the closing keynote and he talked about that a little bit. I think the difference matters if like there is a crossover point, is it a uh, hundred components or is it a hundred thousand components? Because if it's a hundred thousand, mm -hmm. I don't care. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, and if it's a hundred, then, then that's something that we need to start uh, thinking about trade-offs. But I think his point is that because we have a template language that we compile from, um, we always like, you, we can like Svelte can upgrade behind the scenes um, to, to deduplicate or do whatever. Um, while whatever we write still stays the same. So if we ever get there, um, if, if it starts being a, a, like a seen as a community problem, um, we can take care of it behind the scenes while like mm -hmm. nothing that we write um, changes. So I'm, I'm a little bit comfort, comforted by that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other, the other thing I also wanted to point you to is if you, if you do uh, investigate this on your, on your own, um, uh, there's a Svelte compiler handbook that kind of uh, shows you a little bit of the internals. Um, and for me in particular, when I went through and looked at the compiler output, so um, it's it's under svelte.js slash svelte on like the GitHub repo, and it's um, source slash compiler. Um, and there's like a utils folder that is basically the runtime, um, mm. which is nice. which is everything that's being used. And it's it's really small. Like it, um, they're not kidding when they say. <laughs> like it, I, I think it's actually probably almost, um, it's just uh, like the way that they do these things is like they basically have an alias for every single DOM API. Um, and then we use just use the alias. I think that makes it easier to minify, but like, it's not a, like a runtime runtime, like uh, some of the other frameworks. So right. yeah. um, that's, those are the, the two thoughts that I have, but I'm, I'm interested to see if you ever dig into it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great to hear that. It's um, already been handled mostly. <laughs> Hopefully, right. So, <laughs> yeah. so do, you, do you still use uh, Svelte day to day? Like Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so are you the, working on anything fun? I am. I don't, I have to ask, because this is a new job, I have to ask about like what, what 
we can say about client yeah. projects. Um, it's definitely client work <laughs> is definitely new to me, so I don't know. I'm used to just like blabbing about everything. Um, yeah. Let's see. Yes, it's definitely fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, good. Well, like just just in your in your line of like, do they have to sign off on what framework you use, or do they not care? They do not care for the okay. most part. Um, sometimes we'll have to, some of the contract projects that I've been doing on this side, um, they'll want to integrate with their app. Um, and then like, if it's a React app, I'll build it in React. Um, but if they don't care, I'll typically do it in Svelte. Just, um, it just seems easier at this point. <laughs> That's great to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously React and Vue and whatnot are our, our runtime uh, languages and uh, spell is compiled. Do you think based on what you've seen and you know, what you know about react, do you think there's a movement or, or a consideration maybe that people start moving towards compiled, uh, compiled frameworks, compiled languages? Um, it definitely feels that way. <clears throat> like we had all those, uh, blog posts about, you know, the downsides of the modern web and like how websites are getting, you know, a little bit heavy. Sure. Um, like my website, I use React. It's like this massive React app, <laughs> which is like <laughs> completely ridiculous, but it, it's kind of my playground. So um, for the most part, it doesn't bug me. But it, I think there is definitely a movement of like moving, like cutting away some cruft and like making things a little bit lighter, especially with like, um, there was that article about like the carbon impact uh, from like React apps, <laughs> which yeah. makes me definitely what? a little what? bit uncomfortable. Well, it's, it's carbon yeah. impact. <laughs> well, it's like I, I I don't know if I read it, but I I assume the gist is this is like a it's great a way to explain something. I assume the gist is like the amount of JavaScript that computers are are um, executing you know, that takes energy. Like this is like, as much as we love the web to be like in its own world, like it does interface with the real world and hardware. And, you know, if, if so many people are running your massive JavaScript application, then, you know, that's real energy that has to be created. So. And I can't, like, I agree with the concept. I agree with that in theory. That's great. But I read a stat the other day, something like if, if all the Americans who have flatter tires than they should be, if they all put them to regulation, they'd save 3% of the US's energy, right? So yeah. it, it feels like it's a great thing to aim for, but it's just very contrived almost. Yeah, um, yeah. For, sure. for, for what it's worth, Rich has made that argument before. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, he did, he, did, he did it in one of his talks, right? Yeah, JS Camp Barcelona, if anyone yeah. wants to look that up. Yeah. Um, he had like this, this image of the world on fire. And he was like, <laughs> you smell and the world will not be on fire. So <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a little bit less. <laughs> yeah. The fire will yeah. be cooler. <laughs> like, yeah. If, yeah. if only it was that easy to save the, the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> Switch to spelt. Right. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hero. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was just going to say, maybe we can relate spelt to tires pumping up somehow. I don't know. Let's think of some ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you have this, this book on D3, right? Full stack D3. I do. And I can see, uh, 
there are chapters on React and Angular in there, but um, certain certain framework <laughs> is missing there. I was are thinking any... <laughs> about adding a chapter on Svelte. The you hard are? thing is, but, yeah, so the hard thing is like, originally we scoped it that way, React and Angular, because Vue is so similar to React, right? Like the, the same rules kind of apply, right? It's use D3 as utility framework, a utility library instead of, you know, modifying the DOM with it. Um, so it's hard to justify writing another chapter that kind of says the same thing, but with different syntax, but um, maybe it's worth at least a blog post. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's that good enough for me. <laughs> Done. <laughs> um, I, I guess before we, before we kind of go, go to picks, uh, one of the things I, you know, was hoping to um, learn from you. Um, it was was also kind of your creative process because I feel like you use technology as like a creative tool a little bit, uh, and that that obviously permeates a lot of your work. Um, just um, do you have one, <laughs> or or does it just spring you know out of out of uh, your head and it just flows into your into your keyboard? Um, and uh, yeah, how, maybe 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 one one of the ways is kind of take take us through one of the the. Uh, you know the projects or, or the blog posts that you've done, and um, like how did how did, how does that you know start off in your mind before before you even get to code? Yeah, <clears throat> that's a great question. I've been trying to formalize it for a while, but I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I guess the most recent project I worked on was um, a few days ago. I made a blog post about like what is a percent unit mean in CSS and it, it gets a little bit weird <laughs> like um, and the way I come up with blog post ideas is when I'm working you know I just look for things that are a little bit confusing and I want to investigate um, or you know something that comes up really often like this felt recipes thing so for percents it's something you'll use a lot especially with data visualization is like positioning elements, you know, sometimes you want to kind of negate its height and width. So you like, you want the middle centered on a certain point or like, like a tool tip, you know, you want it to be positioned above something, but like halfway, like centered horizontally, but above it vertically. And this is something that has been bugging me for years is like, it's really unintuitive <laughs> uh, what, like a hundred percent even means in CSS. So, um, I read your article and, uh, one thing that really stuck out to me was the, was like the, the, the thing that I don't remember which one it was, but it was margins. some, yeah, something like depending on the parents width instead of the height. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so, really weird. <laughs> so margin top and margin bottom, as well as padding top and padding bottom mm. are a percent of the parents width which I don't know why. Um, yeah. That is and I have, yeah, super weird. <laughs> and like, not what you would expect if you were just like, oh, I want this to be like 20% moved down in this container. Um, yeah. You wouldn't get what you would expect. Um, and it's I think like it's been used, it's been used for um, like an aspect ratio hack. Like if you want to have a video element, you want it to be, you know, like nine by five. Then you can use margins cool. or padding. Sorry, what are you gonna say, Sean? 
Oh, I was just going to say, like, it's probably like a recursiveness thing. Like, <clears throat> you know, the browser has to figure out what we want. And then mm. I think it usually goes, you know, tries to go uh, horizontally. Um, and then we, if, if the margin top is um, modifying the height, uh, that, that might be like an infinite loop of just like, okay, you know, the percentage is modified and then the height is modified and then the percentage modified mm. again and the height is modified again. Maybe that's what's going on. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> but that definitely could be it. I'm always like I'm always very um uh I feel like an imposter when I talk about uh, browser internals because like you know th there are algorithms that, that that go behind these things. Mm -hmm. It's just that we don't we don't know them, and people who work on browsers know them. Um, yeah. yeah, Maybe we should yeah. maybe we should have someone working on browsers on here. That could be fun. Definitely should. I say I want to I want to just blow my own trumpet here for a second and say that uh, when I was when I was twenty one or something or something like that, um, I worked in a web agency and this was before responsive design existed. Right, that's how old I am. Um, and <laughs> I won an award because I made what I would say is a responsive website with basically no experience, and it's because I specified every single dimension on every single element in percentages. So it was responsive <laughs> in that if you're on a phone, it's like oh my a goodness. This it was just ridiculous. I mean, people didn't really use phones in those days, but it was like small screens and big screens and stuff. So uh, I just want to say, percentages are awesome. I totally agree with the use of them. <laughs> I, I, I love the like old timer attitude too. It's like, like you kids, you have flex bags. You don't know the pain yeah. we went through. <laughs> I, I was building sites for IE five on Mac, and oh, well, who knows? It's terrible. That was the thing. It was a thing, and it was it was awful. It was the worst browser ever. It was worse than IE at the time. IE was like golden, you know, yeah. browser. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so, any more questions? Um, well, you know, I, I was just I was just gonna say, like, I, I feel like sometimes you uh, you also try to tell a story with, um, you know, the percent stuff. Um, you know, you, you you let you you make it interactive so people can actually uh, mentally learn. Um, you know what the relationship is, but I think sometimes you also tell a story like uh, something that I really I only got by reading your your post was the SVG elements thing, and you could have just done one. like like well the the scaling the, the one with scaling I don't know if it's oh scaling. the the one with the telescope with the telescope exactly so you could have <laughs> just done some toggles with the with a number range right and then you could have just scaled a, a generic SVG but instead you like made it into a thing with a star and then a telescope looking at the star. Um, and that really gives a mental model that like I still have from now on, you know what I mean? Like, and that, that really, um, is, uh, is, is makes you kind of inhabit that character in, in a way, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> I appreciate your confidence in me. I have to tell you that the secret is not enjoying writing words. <laughs> so if I sit down to write a blog post, I'll like get a sentence in and I'll say, what else can I do here? <laughs> So I can write fewer words. <laughs> if that's the net effect, then brilliant. Like, I mean, this is great. I mean, I, that's, that, I, think, I think that kind of tutorial as well is just super valuable. I mean, having a realistic scenario for all the things you're trying to teach someone is just way better than... I, I, know, that, I know that your dad, right, learned Fortran from a book, but the point <laughs> is, we now can make telescopes stars, you know? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. You, you, you don't like a uh, function foo bar? <laughs> that's not fun not, yeah not as much <laughs> it's definitely the lorem ipsum of the uh, development world yeah yeah and there's loads of them there's like what there's nine different words or something there's quirks and quirks with two u's and 
Oh, I've never seen this. Never heard of that. You have to look them up. There's just so many weird ones. There's like an appropriate <laughs> way to fake fake variable names. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. Let's let's do uh, let's do picks. Uh, I can I can get I can get get it started. Um, I have been feeling a bit of RSI uh, in my hands, um, and also just like working from home. I don't have like a proper table. I have this like weird home table. Um, so like, you know, we have to really start taking care of our bodies, especially if we want to do this for a long while. Um, so one one app that I was recommended and I've been enjoying is this app called Stretchly. Um, I think it's, it's, you can install it via brew. Uh, so you like brew install Stretchly and it just works. Um, and what it does is it gives you micro breaks and, and, and breaks. So micro breaks that happen like every five minutes and then breaks happen every like 25 to 30 minutes. And micro breaks like 10 seconds, like just like stretch your fingers, stretch your arm, uh, do a lunge, like, you know, just like improve your mobility a little bit. And then breaks are where you just get off the, the computer and just go walk, go, go for go for a short walk. And um, I think that's that's a much better way to like, I don't know, force me to do, force me to, you know, take breaks on the computer. So uh, stretch me. Yeah. And it gives you, it gives you like a Pomodoro as well, right? Because the time in between those breaks is when you're focusing. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in Pomodoros as much because like I tend to take a while to wrap up. Uh, yeah. 25 minutes is a good, good block of time. Cool. Yeah. So I, I have I have a pick that it's also an app um, that I rediscovered recently called uh, Focus, mm. which is uh, something I really need to do sometimes, but I always procrastinate instead. So this app, it pretty much uh, lets you whitelist and block and uh, blacklist like apps and websites that you're allowed to go to when it's active. So works well for me nice yeah i mean did you want to go next or um i did not prepare but off the top of my head looking at my screen right now i've been trying out this new browser called stack which i've been really liking um it basically it's not what you would use for your main browser but i have like i have like twitter in there i have like um email uh, like anything I would visit throughout the day or want to keep an eye on. Uh, like I have an RSS reader in there. Um, it kind of just lays these windows side by side. And it took me a little bit of time to warm up to it, but I've been really enjoying just having, like you can have different stacks for like personal and for work. And I always have this issue where like I have two Notion accounts, right? Like one's personal, one's for work. And like they really don't have a good like account switcher. So even just like having both of those up at the same time has been really nice. So I definitely recommend it. And they have a Linux version coming in a few days. So I'm happy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, so this is getstack.app. Um, That's right. I yeah. like it. It looks like TweetDeck for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. It does, yeah. For everything. <laughs> I, need to try, I need to try this. Um, so no, I mean, I, you know, I, I quite agree because, like, you know, um, I run multiple Twitter accounts, and the the mm -hmm. switching is gets a little gnarly. So, um, and so yeah, some some apps don't even have a switcher, so it's it's uh, it's yep. important. <laughs> That's yep. cool. It's really nice. Um, so my pick at the moment should be because it's a hundred million degrees. It's probably this fan. I really want to get closer. <laughs> I'm not going to have a pick as a fan because fans are fans, right? Um, what it I looks will like say, a fancy fan. 
That's not it's like a, any fan. No, it's a Dyson. It's a Dyson one. It's really cool. They're, they're quite good. I've got the filtering one as well. Nice. It works well. It, but it's a fan. So <laughs> what I will say is my pick is going to be um, the Chris Hemsworth, i.e., you know, Hulk, Thor, is called where he, where he acts in Avengers. Um, his workout app called Center, which is like the word center in English, but without the E on the end. Really confusing. We'll just write it down, I guess. Um, but basically, it's a workout app that gives you, it's all his trainers who do the videos. Um, and it's all high intensity stuff, really. So it's like, you'll do half an hour exercise per day, and it'll be like super intense, and it'll absolutely drain you of any energy at all. And, and I've been doing it since like May or something. And I'm not really big on exercising, but I realized I was sitting at my desk all day long not really getting any exercise at all, the occasional walk. Um, and I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, I'm actually losing weight. Uh, I'm getting loads of muscles I didn't even know I had. I've got almost a six pack showing. I mean, it's, it's really actually effective. Oh. For half an hour a day, right? It's just really super effective. And they have like courses you can go on to do specific things, target specific areas, that kind of thing. Um, it's quite fun. Uh, it's quite educational because you're doing like different exercises. They've got like MMA training on there. They've got boxing. They've got um, functional training, which is just amazingly hard. The guy is a beast. I don't know how, how he does it. Um, but they've got yoga and they've got Pilates and stuff on there as well. And just I just think that like it's almost something I look forward to now every day, which is really saying something for me in exercise. I really enjoy that that half hour. Um, and it's just it, it, I just feel great. I walk around and I'm, I'm more upright. Um, you know, I, I, I get a clothes shop and try clothes on. I don't feel like, oh no, you know, dread it kind of thing. It's really amazing for, for just half an hour. So I'm going to say that's definitely my pick of the last few months. In fact, I think. That's I like how, I like how the three, the, the three of us, were, uh, <laughs> four of us were like apps. And then you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a six pack and working on it. <laughs> <laughs> it is an app, right? It's a website. It's a PWA, right? So it is an app. It is an app. It's, um, it's a web app, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, do you do the <laughs> recipes all... as well? Sorry? Do you do the recipes as well, like the, the cooking? I, uh... I do. I do some of them. And actually, the food's really, really good as well. That's, that's mm. worth mentioning. The food is actually fantastic too. Um, you know, it's quite hard to cook something healthy and make it taste really good. But these, these recipes are, are really fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's, I think the thing that's amazed me is getting me to do exercise regularly is, is that I tried it before a lot. Uh, and this is the first time I've ever stuck with it for any period of time. So that's cool. a good one. That's yeah. a good review. Oh, that's a great pick. Um. <laughs> All right. I, I think. Health related, we notice. Yeah. Sort cool. of. Well, apart, right. apart from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so, so that's it. Um, I don't think uh, we have anything else to, to talk about right now. But um, yeah. thank you for coming on, Amelia. Um, you're welcome back anytime and, uh, yeah, take care guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is great. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.